for being with us. Can we give the Lord one more big hand of praise before we crank up? Amen. Amen. Thank you again for being here. Uh, God has blessed us in this year. There is no doubt already in 2017 because you are here. We are breathing. We are moving. We are seeing. Amen. And so we, amen, we give him praise for all that. 2016 was truly uh, a, a breakout year for the harbor. God helped us to win more folks than we've ever won, to break every attendance and every financial record that we've ever done. But I'm going to tell you already, that's the tip of the iceberg of what God is going to do in 2017. Amen? Amen. So welcome to the harbor. Welcome to the new year. And you're definitely starting it out right by being in God's house. Everybody likes to get something new. Isn't that right? We like to get something new. We don't always like to pay for something new, but we like to get it. And we're still in the Christmas season, and so we enjoy getting something new and getting to open that and hold it for the first time. And uh, uh, God has blessed us with a brand new year. And, you know, every year we come up with a list of lies. I mean, resolutions, right? <laughs> no, I mean, but here's the deal. Here's why so many resolutions go unmet. Here's why so many of them, by the end of January, fall to the ground without any um, achievement. It is because we're trying to take a fresh new goal, a fresh new dream, a new vision, a new horizon, and put it into the old way we've done things all our life. And so we refuse to change the infrastructure, and we try to bring something new in, but we cannot do anything new because we're so filled with everything that's old. Now, I'm not talking about your age. Please don't get me wrong. I'm reminded every day when I look in the mirror of uh, how time is ha having its way. Amen. But let me tell you what Paul said. Don't, don't let this outward man fool you. Because this outward man, though he is perishing day by day, and the mirror reminds me with every gray hair and every gone hair. He said, but the inward man is being renewed every day. Amen. That's why Caleb at 80 plus years old could say, I'm as strong in the Lord today as I was when I was 40 years old. So give me this mountain. Now, some of you are facing this brand new year. And I want to tell you today, you need a new skin for a new year. Now, I'm not asking you to go down to, um, you know, the tanning salon and get you some new skin like that. Some of y'all are already good at that. I'm not even asking you to go to Walmart and get the tan in the can and change your skin. I'm not asking you who are black to be white or black, white to be black or whatever. But I want to take you to a passage of Scripture. It comes from Mark, 20, or Mark chapter 2. And uh, Jesus said this. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. Nobody puts new wine into old wineskins for the wine would burst the wineskins. That new wine, as it ferments, would bust those skins open. And the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. So today if you're here, 
and you've already got that resolution in front of you, you've got that vision, that dream, that new horizon, and you thought it was going to happen in 15, and it didn't, and 16, and it didn't, and 17, it won't either unless you decide to change the wineskin. Unless you decide to change your mindset and the way you think about things and the way you go about things. And I want to help you with that. <clears throat> I was raised in the church. All my life, I mean, I cut my teeth on the red back hymnal. I, I'm serious. And, and on the backs of pews. And I, I used to count bobby pins in the, in the altar, you know, when the women shouted their hair down back when they put it way up high. Are you, are you with me? That was called PhDs, Pentecostal hairdos, back in those days. <laughs> and all the women had one. And so me and the boys would get together, and we'd decide that we're going to count who could get the most pins, you know, by the end of the service and all that. And back then, you used to get a lot of them. But, but my testimony is this, that as I, I grew up and I sat under some of the greatest preachers that God ever put on planet Earth, Brother B. Darrell Glass, who's gone to be with the Lord now, is a prince among preachers. I got to sit under his ministry for about four years. Pastor Ray Dawson, I got to sit under his ministry for, um, you know, six or eight months and then visiting over the years. And so I, I, I knew what preaching was about because these men were preachers of the gospel, man. I'm talking about goosebumps would stand on goosebumps when these men preached. I'm talking about heaven would come down and kiss the earth and we get caught in the middle of the smack and man, we run and danced and shouted and had a great time and there's nothing wrong with that. And we need that kind of preaching. Don't get me wrong. Amen. Give the Lord praise for that. But I went on in my call to preach and God called me to preach back in 1986 and I began to answer that call to preach and I began to model my own life and my ministry uh, after those guys. Man, if I could ever preach like Daryl Glass and I don't know that that would ever happen but if I could ever preach like Ray Dawson and, and you know it took me a number of years to realize God didn't call me to be Ray. God didn't call me to be Daryl. God called me to be Mike Sains with the anointing that God had given me. But what happened is I began to, I was in evangelism, and then I went into pastoral ministry in Claxton, Georgia. <clears throat> and for five years, I, I, I labored there and had a great, successful time there. Then I come to Kingsland in 95, and I had a, a, a time there. And then I had a great time there. And then we had some successful times. And, and in each step, it seemed like we went backwards before we went forwards. But what I want to tell you is this is I wanted a new thing. I, get, I went to every conference I could. I want to grow the church. I went to breaking 200. I went to breaking 100. I went to breaking 50. I went to all of those things. I, I went to every conference I could go to. And I wanted to figure out how these guys was doing something. And then it dawned on me one day about six or seven years ago that, you know what, this new horizon, this new vision to reach more people, not for the sake of numbers, but for the kingdom of God, if I'm ever going to do that, I'm going to have to change the way I think about things. I'm going to have to change my wineskin. And I said, Lord, that, surely that don't mean that I don't preach like Daryl. That surely don't mean I don't preach like right. And it don't. To me, I preach the same way that I've always preached, maybe a little better, maybe a little worse. But I found out that God was into some systems. And I had been flying by the seat of my pants. And just as long as I had words to say on Sunday. And I could visit a couple people in the week in the hospital or at home. And, and, and that's just the way I'd done things. That's the way I knew. But I was challenged when I learned that God is into systems. And, 
and, and I had to do better with follow-up, and I had to do, to do better with mentoring myself and getting myself closer to God and getting myself educated and on fire for God and what He wanted to do. And then I had to learn to be a leader of leaders. And now I can't go to every visit. I can't go to every hospital call. I, I can't, but you know what? I've got some guys and some ladies that can. Amen. And, and, and it's basically what God told Moses through his father-in-law Jethro. He said, if you try to do everything, you're going to wear out, and these people are going to wear out. That's what Jesus said. If you put new wine in old skins, it's going to bust, and you're going to lose the wine and the skin. So if you want something new this year, it's a new goal, it's a new resolution, it's a new vision, a new horizon. Do not think that you're just going to write it on paper without changing any of the way you do things or think about things and that it's going to happen. It will not. It will not. So that's kind of my story. And I want to tell you something. It was uncomfortable for pastors. It was uncomfortable for me. I didn't like that, that I've got to plan now months and months ahead. They're already asking me what we're going to do for, you know, Thanksgiving this coming year. And I'm like, wait a minute, we just had Thanksgiving. What's our summer series? Man, don't talk to me about summer. I'm just now, I mean, it just now dropped below 40. Amen? But God is into planning. If you don't believe it, did you know way back in Genesis, the prophecy came forth that God was going to send his son. He is into planning. You see, many of us are trying to live out new dreams while holding on to our old ways. God said in Isaiah 43 and 19, Behold, I am about to do a new thing. I want to tell you something. Here's what I learned, and it took me some time to learn this. I did not have to compromise, you know, my salvation. I didn't have to compromise what the Word said. Now, I'll tell you this, once you start growing, people are going to say you did. Pastor, I, well, y'all just do anything down there. They can live like this and shack up and what? It, no! It, it, just because you changed the wineskin, that, that doesn't mean you compromised it. You never compromised the Word of God. You see, when God gives you a new horizon, we cannot stay where we are and get where we are going. That, that's worth a tweet right there. When God gives us a new horizon, we cannot stay where we are and yet get where we are going. We have to leave the comfort of where we are and say, God, I know it's scary. God, I know it's risky, but I got to go. You see, in other words, there's risk that are going to be taken. Listen to me. The reality is that most people are content. You ever heard that story? I mean, it's a saying. It says you'll never steal second base with your foot on first. What I'm saying is this. This is a reality for you baseball players. You understand. You know what? There are so many people that are so content to just hang on to first. You know how long they stay there? Until the guy hits the ball into play and they absolutely have to run or get called out. And so many of us were so content staying right there at first base until God just absolutely knocks us out of the way and makes us do something. But God is looking for some people who will take some chances. And they'll look at the batter. And they'll look at the pitcher. And when he begins to wind up, he will take his lead. He will take his break. And he will boogie towards second base. Yes, it is risky. But without risk, there is no reward. You're talking about something scary. 
I was 45 years old, and my wife said, Honey, do you, are you sure that we want to borrow nearly $2 million to build this church? Are you sure at this point when all the kids are grown now and we could just be chillaxing? And you want to take on a $10,000 some odd dollar a month payment? I said, listen, it ain't about what I want. I just don't want to turn old one day. I don't want to get 70 years old and look back and say, what if I had went for it? What if I had believed God was able to do what God said he would do? I don't want to get to a point in my life where I say, if I had only done it when I had the strength to do it, I know I want to go for it. I'm not going to get, listen, you, I might get thrown out on my way to second, but you can guarantee I ain't going to huddle down on first base. Amen. Give the Lord praise. There has to be some risk. If you've got a goal, the only way you're going to achieve it, the only way you're going to climb to a new level is to take some risk. There's nothing wrong with taking some risk. Calculated risk. You pray about it. You believe God. Like David said, God, are you going to go up with me? And if God said, I'll go with you, I don't care how risky it was. David said, I'll go. As long as you're going, I'll go. But if you ain't going, Lord, I ain't going. So what you absolutely have to know is that new dreams require new skins. New dreams require new skins. And why? Why is that so important, Pastor? Because if we don't get new skins, the old ones are going to break. And we're going to lose the new wine. That's the new vision, the new horizon, the new challenge. We're going to lose that and the skin. In other words, just like Moses said, these people, you and these people are going to die if you don't do something different, he says. So, listen, I don't want to lose my dream. I don't want to lose my hope. I don't want to lose that new horizon. Someone said, well, Pastor, are you happy? Well, you know, I'm happy, but I'm not satisfied. You know why? There's still a whole lot of lost people in Camden County. Amen? There's a lot of lost people that don't know the Jesus that you and I know. So what I want you to do, I want you to change your skin today. And I want to tell you a story. It comes out of Genesis 32. The Bible tells a, a, a peculiar story of a guy by the name of Jacob. And, and this guy, to give you a little bit of backstory about him, he was, uh, his name literally meant deceiver, supplanter, you know, backstabber, heel grabber. As a matter of fact, when him and his twin brother was born, you know, Esau was born and he reached forth from the womb and grabbed his heel. Heel grabber. Later in life, Esau had been out hunting and he was, he was famished. And Jacob had made some, some soup or some porridge here and he had this. And, and Esau come in from the field and he, says, he said, man, I'm so, I'm so famished. Can I have a bowl of soup? And he said, yeah, you can. Oh, not so fast. If you pledge to me your birthright. In, in other words, you know, the firstborn son had access to a double portion of the father's goods and all that stuff. So while he's famished, he swindles him out of his birthright. And then with the help of his mother, Rebecca, when, when his, his dad is old, Isaac is old and he, he don't see very well, um, he tells the oldest boy, Esau, I want you to go out and, and, and kill a deer. Go out and bring me some of that savory meat like you always find because you're a hunter, you're a man of the earth and go bring it and, and, and fix it up for me and I'm going to eat with you and then I'm going to bless you and mama heard it 
And Rebecca, now, now this is conniving. This is not the example of a good mom, but anyway, God worked in the middle of this foolishness. She says to her favorite, see, Esau was his favorite, and Jacob was, was her favorite. Jacob, I just heard your daddy tell your brother to go kill some meat and, and to make it up and to come back and prepare and, and feed him, and he's going to bless him. What I want you to do while your brother's gone to the woods, I want you to go out to the pen and get me two goats. I want you to go get me two animals. I want you to come in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dress it. I'm going to fix it. And I'm going to let you take it in there and feed your daddy that he might give you the blessing. Are y'all with me? Why is she trying to do something where God had already said that Jacob was going to be blessed? But nonetheless, uh, she fixes all that up. He says, Mama, what if I go in there and he wants to feel my hands? Esau is a real hairy man, and I'm a smooth man. And so Mama says, well, bring me some goat skin, and we'll put that, we'll tie that goat skin around, and so when he reaches for your hands, he can't see, he'll feel that goat hair, and so that's what he did. Mama partaking in a lie, enticing her son to partake in a lie, and he comes in there in just a little while, and he says, um, Daddy, I have got the food. How did you find it so quickly, son? God blessed me with it. God, now we got God in on this lie. They, they brought him into it. I mean, so he's telling his daddy, I, I was able to kill this deer. I mean, uh, you wouldn't believe how it happened. So he goes in and he says, uh, I, I, I've got this meat. I, now I'm ready to feed you. I want the blessing. He said, well, come here, son. He said, the voice that I hear is that of Jacob's. He said, let me feel you. So he handed him his hands covered with goat skin. And he said, the hands feel like Esau, but the voice sounds like Jacob. Let me smell you, son. And he smells of him. And of course, they've got, mama's all doctored him up. And he said, you smell like the earth, son. So he ate that food, and then he laid his hands on him, and he blessed him. And it wasn't long Esau come in, and he's fixed up the meat. And, you know, he come and told his daddy, he said, I, I've, I've got the food. I, I, God has blessed me. And, I've and dad said, well, who is that that just came in here? I have already blessed him, and he indeed is blessed. Father, don't you have any more blessings? I've just now given all my blessings. And so Jacob has supplanted him. He grabbed his heel as a baby boy. He stole his birthright. Now he has stole his blessing. And Esau says, Daddy's grieving right now. He said, but uh, as soon as he's about to pass, but as soon as he dies, I'm going to kill Jacob. And so Mama got in the mix again, and then she called her brother Laban, and she made arrangements for him to go down to Laban's house to, you know, to get a wife down there. And you know that he went down there, and the deceiver got deceived because he served seven years for Rachel and woke up the next morning with Leah. Leah was the ugly one. That's right. And then... He served another seven years, and he finally got Rachel. And then he served another seven, about 20, 21 years there. So, uh, but, but wasn't it amazing the deceiver was deceived? Amen. You know, you do reap what you sow. But here's, here's what I want you to understand. i got to hurry. Jacob left his home, and he went down to Laban's. He goes down here and he's deceived and all this stuff. And, you know, he stops at a place called Bethel and he sees Jacob's ladder and all this stuff. And then um, when he's here, he's got his uncle mad with him because Jacob was a scoundrel. How many of y'all ever been blessed by God even though you was a scoundrel? Jacob was using divination 
He was using all kind of foolishness. And so he's made his father-in-law mad because he got tired one day because his daddy or his father-in-law kept changing his wages all the time. You know, so he got his girls up, he got his kids up, and he tore out in the middle of the night. They overtook him, and they, uh, so, so here's the deal. Um, before they overtook him, Jacob is running back home, and his uncle Laban, which is also his father-in-law, that he's following after him now. He's coming to get him. He's on the run. And the last, thing he, the last thing he heard from Esau was, I'm going to kill you. And a messenger comes to him and says, listen, here comes Esau with 400 men. He's coming to you. So let me tell you what will drive you uh, to pray. is when you know somebody's behind you and closing in, and somebody's in front of you and they're closing in, that will drive you to your knees. So the Bible said he crossed the Jabbok River, and he sent his wife and his children on the other side, and it left him alone at camp. At a place called uh, Peniel, uh, or, or the interpretation of Penuel. He, it means the face of God. And while he was there, according to the scripture, a man, it's an angel of God, wrestles with him to the breaking of day. And there he is. And this man asks him, What is your name? And I imagine as old Jay, Pastor Glass would have said it like this. Man, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that. You know, because my name means deceiver, liar, supplanter, heel grabber, backstabber, all of that. But the Bible says that this angel that wrestled with him, the angel realized he couldn't prevail because Jacob was set on. I'm going to tell you something, man, you'll pray hard when you know somebody's behind you and in front of you. He's praying hard, man. He's getting a hold of God. And when the man realized, the angel realized he couldn't prevail, he says, okay, I'm going to bless you. So he blessed him. And he says, what is your name? Jacob. And then God has brought us to this new year, and he asked us, what is your name? You know why? You know what he did after that? When he finally owned what he was, this is the old wineskin right here. I'm a liar. I'm a deceiver. I'm a heel grabber, I'm an addict, I'm a divorcee, I'm an adulterer, I'm an alcoholic, whatever it is, whatever it is. When God gets you to the place where you can say, this is the, what the wineskin is. And see, some of you, all you ever look at yourself by is what everybody else calls you by. Hello, that'll sink in in a moment. But he said to Jacob, your name shall no longer be called Jacob. But your name shall be called Israel. And I want to tell you what God gave him was a new name. God gave him a new name. God, listen, that, uh, and I want to tell you something, and I'm dying to tell you. The wine skin that he had would not support his new name. And God has a new name for you. And that old wine skin you got will not support the new name, the new vision, the new dream. It will not support it you got to do something else. So what I want you to do is, uh, you see, obviously, God knew Jacob's name. You don't have to tell God that you're an addict. He knows. You don't have to tell God you're a crook. He knows. The idea was he wanted him to admit who he was. See, you can't fix anything until you admit where you're at. 
So obviously God knew his name, but he wanted him to declare it and own it. I want to tell you something. Jacob's old identity was never going to work for his new name, though. This new name meant new direction. I hear the word say, old things have passed away and behold all things become new huh? that was a song that said there's a new name written down in glory and it's mine oh yes it's mine are you hearing me let me say something when God changes your name he's going to change the wine skin you can't tell me you still talk like you used to talk you still walk like you used to walk you still drink like you used to carry on and corral no God said oh things passed away and behold all things became new a new creature hallelujah he said we're a new creature in Christ Jesus he's given us a new day a new year and he wants to give us a new name with new direction new horizons new challenges and you can do it this year these dreams and resolutions don't have to fall to the ground but they will Unless you change your skin. Unless you change your skin. So many people like Jacob, you have focused on what you've always been. And that ain't going to work. Why, why would I do this, Pastor? Why would I change, why would I change my wine skin because he changed my name? I'll tell you why. And we'll close this up. Because when he gives you a new name... And for some of you, it may be today. When he gives you a new name, he gives you new direction. You already know that if you don't change the wineskin, you're going to lose the dream and the skin. Huh? Like I said to Moses, you're going to die and these people are going to die. But here's the deal. If you will get a new skin, then and only then are you in position and ready for results. Amen. When you get a new skin, you're willing. I, I, I wrote this down. I want you to hear this, and, and, and I promise you we're going to pray. Your willingness to change the wineskin exhibits to God your faith in Him. Hello? It's taking your foot off of first and saying, Lord, I'm headed that way. Amen. Who, who wants to serve a God that's not big enough to change me and who I am? Let me tell you something. When I met the Lord Jesus Christ, I was changed. Everybody who had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ was changed. For those who say they met the Lord, let me tell you, Paul on the Damascus Road, his name was Saul of Tarsus. On the Damascus Road, when he saw this great light, he was changed. No longer was he persecuting Christians. No longer was he out to kill God's church. But he said, I count everything that I have as dumb. It is lost that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and to be found in him. You know, that's, that's what he said. I, I think about Zacchaeus. When Zacchaeus got saved, when Jesus come to his house, you know what he said? The half of all my goods. You're talking about a tax collector now. Half of all my goods I'll give to the poor. And if I've stolen anything, if I've taken anything, I'm going to give back four times what I took. Jesus said salvation has come to your house. Let me tell you, how do we know? The evidence is the wine skin change. Well, 
Once that wineskin changes, you're ready for results. Would you stand with me? Madam will sing something for me. heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to ask you a very personal question. I know that you're here and you've got dreams. I know that you've got hopes for this year. But I also know unless you change the wineskin, you'll never reach that place. Now, hey, I'm not talking just to sinners here. You might be saved, sanctified, filled with Holy Ghost and fire baptized and all of that. But for new horizons and new dreams, new visions, I can't continue to do things the way I've... You know the definition of that. It's insanity. Doing everything you've always done, expecting a different result. No. I'm not saying compromise your belief. I'm not saying compromise the Word of God by any means. I'm going to tell you something. God can do something awesome in your life if you're willing to let Him change so I want to ask you here today first of all if you're lost and you don't know the Lord as your Savior if you're lost and you don't know Him you say Pastor I want to know Him today I want a brand new name I want to be a new creature I want a new skin no one's looking around it's just me and you and the Lord won't you slip your hand right up God bless you sir thank you for your honesty bless you back there in the back. God bless you. Besides, two or three hands have gone up. Somebody else, just, just contemplate it. Thank you, ma'am. God bless you. Somebody else? Somebody? It is between you and God. It's really not about me. Bless you, brothers and sister over here. Another. Seven or eight hands have gone up. Another. Eight or nine, ten hands. Wait about two, three more seconds. Anybody else? How about you, sir, ma'am? pray this prayer with these, these are those who are saying, I want to accept Jesus Christ into my heart. Here's what the Word says, and I'm going to pray this prayer with you. And I want you to pray it with me. Lord, come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a new wineskin. I'm asking you to come into my heart, take away my sin. I don't want to live the way I've lived. I want you to be the Lord of my life. The Bible says if I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that God raised His Son Jesus from the dead, that I am saved. And I believe that and I confess that Jesus is my Lord. Therefore, I am saved. Can we give them a big hand right now? Listen, the first thing I need you to do, if you are among those 10 or 12 that raised their hand and prayed that prayer, there's a hay card on the, the, the chair near you. I need you to write a comment on that card to let us know that you accepted Jesus Christ today. We want to be in touch with you. Please don't forget that. That's so important. Now, the rest of you, you raised your hands about 